Hi everyone, welcome to the Turn It Up Marriage Tips Podcast with your host, Kelly Dupay. This podcast is filled with easy to understand and easy to apply tips and tools so that you can have the lifelong marriage that you really want. I hope you're excited because today's episode is really going to help you. Here it is. Hey everyone, how are you doing today? I got a question for you. Have you ever heard of the seven habits of highly effective people? It was a great book written, gosh, maybe 30 years or more ago by a guy named Stephen Covey. Have you ever heard of that book? Uh, If you're in business, it's a classic. It's one that everybody talks about. And what I uh, am going to do in today's recording is I'm going to apply those seven habits to marriage. (laughs) Not only that, I'm going to give you some Bible verses for each one of the seven habits because as I was looking over the seven habits, these are absolutely um, found and supported uh, in the Word of God. So I'm very excited about today's recording. I think that you're going to learn a lot. So today's title is Marriage Tips from the Seven Habits of Stephen Covey. Hi, my name is Kelly. I'm an... um, I'm a pastor, a police chaplain, a marriage coach, and the author of this book, Turn It Up, How to Have the Lifelong Marriage That You Really Want. And uh, just so excited to share this with you guys today. So, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People came out in 1989. (laughs) Okay, so I think it's been 30, gosh, I can't do math in my head, you know, 33 years ago, something like that. Anyways, um, these habits are timeless. These habits are so effective and so helpful. I remember as a young pastor, you know, our pastoral staff went through that book and we applied it to everything that we were doing as pastors. And it was a great, great um, source of encouragement and training for all of us. And um, I know it, it took the business world by storm. I think they sold like more than 15 million copies worldwide. So hopefully you've heard of the seven habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. So it is a great resource, by the way, for marriages. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to go through the seven habits and apply them uh, to your marriage so that you can have the lifelong marriage that you really want. And what I'm going to do as well is give you the scriptures, give you some scriptures for each of the seven habits so you can see that this isn't just wisdom from some guy that um, thought this up, but it really is supported and based in the Word of God. So are you ready for this? All right, seven habits of highly effective people as applied to Uh, marriage so that you can have the lifelong marriage that you really want. All right, here we go. Number one of the seven habits that Stephen Covey came up with was be proactive. Being proactive simply means, my take on it, is that you think about what you want and then do something to get there. In other words, you're not being reactive to life, but instead you're planning ahead and you're thinking about what do I want or what do I want to not have in my marriage? And a great Bible verse for that is Psalm 119 verse 11, which says, your word I have hidden in my heart 
that I might not sin against thee. You see, as we spend time in God's word, what happens is that his word begins to grow inside of us and it and it gets planted in there just like you plant a seed in the ground. And what happens is that his word then helps us to walk and live the way God wants us to so that we don't sin. That's being pro- That's a great example of being proactive. What do you want to see happen in your marriage? Do something about it now. I'm reminded as well, I just built a shed in my backyard. I was so proud of it. I'm not exactly a, a carpenter, but followed the instructions. I bought this kit and and I um, you know, followed it and got some help from a buddy of mine. And we put up the walls. This is a big thing. It's eight by twelve. I mean, it's huge. It's not some little you know, simple deal, but you know, all the, the had to, had to do all the wood and and anyways, when we got the thing built, I had to put a roof on it, okay? And so I had no idea how to put a roof on. But here's my point: the time to repair the roof on your house or to put a roof on the shed I built is before it rains. If you wait until the problems hit you you're sunk sometimes, you know, you can't fix the roof while it's raining, okay? So the same idea, be proactive, do something ahead of time, get ready for the challenges and storms that will hit your marriage. And uh, the other habits, I'm sure will give you some ideas about that. That's habit number one. Number two is, I love this one, begin with the end in mind. What do you want? And not only what do you want in your marriage, what do you think God wants for your marriage? And of course, that's found in Genesis 2.24. For this reason, a man would leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So that's the goal that God has. But I love when I'm doing marriage coaching with couples, I love asking them, what do you want? Because they need to get a vision. They need to begin with the end in mind. What do they want to see happen a year from now or five years from now? What do they want at the end of their lives? And one of the things that Covey encourages people to do in this book, and I actually remember doing this myself, he says, write your own eulogy. Okay, do you know what a eulogy is? It's the nice things people say about you at your funeral. And so I spent some time writing out, what do I want my wife to say about me at my funeral? Now, I hope it's a long time from now. I'm not ready to go home to be with the Lord yet, but when God calls me home, I'm excited to go. But until then, um, I want to do all I can. But what do you want said about you at your funeral? Take a few minutes and write that out. What would you like your wife to say about you or your husband? What would you like your kids to say about you if you have kids? Because, you know, do you want them to say, well, you know, mom and dad were always working uh, or dad was always working. He was never home and he was there for everybody else, but he wasn't there for me. A lot of pastor's kids say that about their dads. I do not. And still to this day would not want my kids or even my grandkids um, saying about that about me at my funeral. I want them to talk about the time that I went to all their baseball games and soccer games and football games. I want to talk about the time when I took my daughter out on a date. I want them to talk about how special it was to walk my daughter down the aisle at her wedding last year or two years ago and then um, perform the wedding ceremony for her and my son-in-law. What a blessing that was to be involved in the life of my kids. So um, begin with the end in mind. 
What do you want? What does God want your marriage to be like? Think about that. Habit number three. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Put first things first. Put first things first. This is all about priorities and making good decisions on the priorities that you would have in your life. In fact, Jesus put it this way in Luke 9.25. He said, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet lose or forfeit their very self. Now, he was talking about an individual, but I would think it would absolutely apply and be scriptural to say, what good is it to gain the whole world and lose your marriage? It's not. Your marriage is more important than your career. Your marriage is more important if you're in ministry like I am than your ministry. Absolutely. Your marriage is more important, dare I say, than your relationship with your kids. Yeah, if you, the best thing, by the way, that you can do for your kids is to love their mom or dad. Love your husband, love your wife, and invest your time and your energy and your, 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 um, and grow the uh, relationship and have a healthy relationship and marriage with your spouse. Put first things first. What good is it to gain the whole world and yet lose? your very self, or your very marriage, or your family. Ephesians 5.33 tells us how in one verse is that he says, Husbands, love your wives as as you love yourself, and then wives respect your husband. And that's a whole lesson in there. In fact, I've got a lot of lessons on things like this that you can um, learn from the other videos and podcasts that I post Um, uh, and I put the link in the notes. They're on YouTube, they're on a podcast, and then they're as well, they're posted in the Facebook group. Now, what else? Um, That was number three. Number four, think win-win. In fact, that I (laughs) forgot that it was Covey that taught me win-win, but I put a whole section in my book about how to have win-win agreements. Amos 3 verse 3 says, do two people walk together? unless they have agreed to? And the answer, of course, is no. You don't walk together. You don't live together. You don't do life together. You certainly don't have a marriage unless you have agreement. And agreement, by the way, doesn't always mean that you do the same things or that you that you believe the same things or have the same perspective. What it means, though, is that you go through the process of of um, evaluating each other's perspective, listening and understanding each other's perspective, and then blending those two perspectives together so that you can move forward in unity. Remember, God's plan is that a man would leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. And the best way to be united is to come up with win-win Um, arrangements, win-win solutions to the problems, not win-lose, where I'm going to win this time and you lose, but next time you get to win and then I'll lose. No, no, no. Whenever somebody loses, your marriage loses, okay? So instead of losing, think about winning. How can we come up with something, be creative, where you win and I win, and you both feel like you're moving forward in great agreement? That's how to do it. That's habit number four. Think win-win. Habit number five, seek first to understand, 
then to be understood. Now, this one's so important. I wrote a whole chapter on how this, how to do this, how to understand each other in your marriage that's in my book. So if you need some more information on how to do this, check that out. But seek first to understand, then be understood. Proverbs 3 verse 5, the Bible tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Okay, so if we want to trust God, we need to stop um, just relying upon our own understanding of what's going on in life. But it can be absolutely applied to your marriage. Don't lean on your own understanding. You don't know, (laughs) do you? Gentlemen, you don't know what your wife is thinking or how she's feeling. And maybe you think you might know, but until you step into that place of listening and then seeking to understand, you don't really know, you don't really get it. And I hear that a lot from wives. Man, my husband, he's a great guy, but sometimes he just doesn't get it. And then in our marriage coaching, sometimes I've had wives tell me after I've listened to their problems, they go, wow, I finally feel understood. Well, it's not because I'm such a great marriage coach, although I think God's really gifted me at doing that. What's happening, though, is that I'm creating an atmosphere where they can fully express without judgment what's on their heart, and then I feed it back to them also without judgment in a, and that they feel safe and they feel understood. Well, guys, you can do that too with your wives. And ladies, absolutely, your husband needs to be understood. In fact, I remember talking with a police officer um, and um, his marriage was really struggling and he goes, my wife just doesn't understand what it's like to be a, a police officer. So anyways, here's the key. Habit number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And the key to do that is listen, listen, and then feed it back. So once again, how do you learn how to do this? Well, a couple of resources. Like I said, there's a chapter, a full chapter about this in my book, but also I made um, um, several other videos and podcast episodes that talk about this. So check those out. So that's um, uh, habit number five. Habit number six is synergize. This is all about working together with others to collaborate and come up with something greater than you could on your own. Well, absolutely, this is a marriage principle. Why? Because that's what God's will is for you and your spouse when it comes to solving problems. In other words, two really are better than one, as it says in Ecclesiastes. In fact, in Proverbs 24, 6, it says, by wise guidance, you can wage war. And in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. So it's listening and understanding the perspective of your spouse, because maybe she sees something, gentlemen, that you don't see. And that you need to see because you're too wrapped up or you're too emotionally invested in that issue or in that challenge that you're facing. So share your challenges at work with your spouse and be open to her input. Likewise, allow your spouse to influence you. 
be open to hear what they have to say. That's where the power of synergy really comes from. And then ladies, of course, do that with your husband. Be open to his input and his ideas about how you want to raise the kids, how you want to paint the room in your, you know, in your house, how you want to, you know, manage things in your in your household. Whatever it is that's on your on your heart. Um the other thing that synergy brings though is the absolute necessity of getting an outside perspective. Now, you can do this in a lot of different ways, but I think a great way is to connect with somebody like me um, or a therapist that would give you some marriage input and coaching. Now, you can get that from a book, but you can also get it um, in conversations or in sessions held with a marriage coach. And I just want to throw that out, that um, the abundance of counselors that the Bible is speaking about. Think about the people that can help you. Maybe it's not a professional like a coach or a therapist, but maybe you might want to find a marriage mentor, somebody in your church, some, one of your friends who has a successful ministry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Well, maybe it's a ministry too. A successful marriage, okay, that can be a role model that can answer your questions. Hey, how did you guys solve this? How did you deal with this issue? Okay, so that's the power of synergy, which is um, uh, habit number six. Now, in addition to that is habit number seven, which is sharpen the saw. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says, If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. So that's what's happening, uh, I think, in a lot of our marriages, is that we don't know what to do. We don't know how to be married. And so what happens is that you're trying to attack your marriage challenges and problems without any skill, okay? Why? Because you've never taken the time to sharpen your axe or sharpen the saw the way Covey says it. So what is sharpening the, the saw all about? It's about learning new things. It's about growing. It's about putting those things in practice and then using the things that you've learned to be a blessing to others. So these are the seven habits, and you can apply them to your marriage, and I hope you enjoyed the scriptures that I shared with them. Uh, my name is Kelly, pastor, police chaplain, uh, marriage coach, author of the book, Turn It Up, How to Have the Lifelong Marriage That You Really Want. I uh, hope that you check out uh, my website, uh, turnitup.coach, for other free uh, marriage resources. Also there at the website, you can book an absolutely free call with me and we can talk about what um, you know marriage coaching or how marriage coaching can help you in your relationship. And I guarantee you, it's not a sales call. In fact, a large portion of this ministry, Turn It Up Marriage Coaching, is supported by the donations of others. And so if you'd like to donate or book a call or get my book, or then um, get the free resources, go to my website, turnitup.coach. That's it for now. May God bless you, and may God bless your marriage. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Kelly, and thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast. If there's anything else I can do for you, please reach out to me at my website, which is turnitup.coach. There you'll find lots of other free marriage and relationship resources. Also, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, 
rate and review this show so that I can let other people know about it as well. It really, really helps and I would love to hear your thoughts and uh, see how you review it. So thank you very much in advance for following, rating, and reviewing this podcast. Lastly, I have a free Facebook group called Turn It Up, a group about relationships and marriage, and I'd love to have you join us. So look us up on Facebook and uh, apply to join us, and I'll be glad to accept you. Thanks for listening again. God bless you.